This is Dawn Schuler, certified trainer and business consultant at the Schuler Group with When People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. Today, my very, very special guest is Lisa Nicer of Lisa Nicer CPA firm and taking on taxes together. And what's funny is we had our little pre-call piece and I finally had to say, this is good stuff. We have to start the interview. So Lisa, I really am beyond thrilled that you are spending this time with me. Welcome. Thank you so much, Don. I'm excited to um, share how we can instill taxes into how companies work. And, and so let's, let's go a little deeper into that because before you guys like hit pause or go to the next episode or say, Oh, they're talking about taxes. Um, No, no, no. You really need to listen because how much stress are we under because of money? And Lisa, I know that you can talk probably much more about that and with data and statistics and the real stuff than I can. So go for it. Well, you know, it's interesting for another um, event that I did, I did some research and it said that um, new graduates knew like four times as much about how to use social media than about finances. But here's the thing, you are interacting with not only taxes, but money every single day of your life. Like this is something that's really important. And so I'm trying to, well, I am, I think I'm succeeding at uh, making taxes fun because if you're not scared by it, you have power to make decisions that work for you. And you know, that's what I'm out to do is to really just educate people on all those things that we should have learned, but weren't. Um, and that's, uh, that's my life's mission. Tell our listeners about some of that educational piece that you do around money, taxes, W-2s. So right now I've done quite a bit on LinkedIn, um, kind of known as the tax guru on LinkedIn. There's not a lot of tax people on LinkedIn, I've learned. Um, And so I did um, a really fun series on things you think are tax deductible but aren't. Um, And then I just did one on, do you know what all the boxes on your W-2 mean? Because honestly, like especially with direct deposit, nobody even looks at their W-2. Like I've had people with the wrong address, with wrong states, but there is a lot of information provided on there that you can use to like know where you're at, uh, make good decisions, uh, take advantage of things that your employer is offering because things are listed on there that you may or may not be aware of. Same with your pay stub. Like I really encourage everyone, pull it out. If you don't know about all those boxes, go link in with me on LinkedIn and you can see I've literally gone through it because it's not just about the bottom line number on your tax return. That refund, least important number on the tax return. We can make that whatever you want. It's how much did you pay in federal tax? How much did you pay in state tax? And you know what else? You're paying social security and Medicare taxes. Those are big numbers. You should understand what's being taxed if you can do anything to change that and how much that all adds up to. I think especially even now, like with the pandemic, I've been working with a lot of clients to do a um, kind of pandemic budget so I have um, a template where we, I literally like list out almost every category I could think of over the years I've developed this for my family and, um, and I have, you know, original, and then I have revised. Well, not only does your transportation change or your food or your clothing or your manicures, 
But if your income goes down, those tax numbers change substantially. And getting those numbers right, either through an online tax uh, calculator or through hopefully working with an accountant, that may give you some peace of mind that, yeah, things are tough, but they may not be as tough as you think they are. And that might let you sleep at night. We did that for our own family. And I mean, it was pretty eye-opening how much those taxes take out of your pay. So when you don't have it, you know, you might be eligible for credits or deductions that you weren't before because your income's now lower. So you, until you look at all the moving pieces and work with someone, there's a lot of things that, that might cause you stress that don't need to. I find that fascinating because the W-2, you know, for employees who get that, that pay stub where they have the electronic version, they can log into an account and see it. Right. How many people actually pay attention to any of those numbers? And, and I think what you're really talking about is they could change those numbers. They have the ability to do that. Right. One of the things that I think is one of the greatest accounts that's been created recently is the um, health savings account. So if your employer has a health savings account, it is pre-tax dollars going in and it's free coming out. There is not the Roth. That's even better than a Roth IRA because the Roth IRA use after-tax dollars coming in and free coming out. So if you have ability to access that, what we're doing is we're putting the max in every year. And then we're using other dollars to um, spend on our medical costs. And it's just another IRA for retirement. It's for medical expenses in retirement. And not only are you saving federal and state dollars, you're saving Social Security and Medicare. That's probably, for most people, probably 40% of whatever you're putting in there. That's real dollars. And people don't understand that at all. You know, they're like, oh, I take it in, put it out. I'm like, do you have excess money somewhere? Maybe this should be thought of in a different way. I think that's the key piece, right? It should be thought of in a different way because I wouldn't have thought that, oh, you could just leave that money in right. the HSA and then use other money in your, right. uh, what do they call it? The disposable income fund to, to actually pay for your medical expenses, but leave it in that HSA to continue to work for you. Right, because once you get to a certain amount, you can just pick investments and it's just like an IRA. And, and what's nice is, you can take it with you. Do you know what I mean? And it's not a use it or lose it like a, a flexible spending account. So it, it's a really fabulous account that I think people are just realizing the, the magnitude of. Um, so I've been talking about that a lot. But, you know, it, and it's something where in your head, if you have a high deductible plan, you can do a lot of budgeting for that. So if your employer offers that, yeah, it might be high. But like for our family, we know we put in whatever the max out of pocket is. We put that in our budget. We know it's there. Good. You know how much money is yours. So it actually gives you quite a lot of information so you can manage your money. I think that going through your money and kind of knowing where it's at, like I talked about with um, that, it, it should never be a surprise. You should be talking about your money. You know, you and I were talking about, you should be talking about your money. Like you have, you talk about your performance at work, right? Like, so I once had a bad review at work and I mean, I was furious, not that I had a bad review, but that that was the first time that I had ever heard that there was a problem, right? I'm like, well, how am I supposed to have any opportunity to address this if you surprise me on my review? Well, your tax return should be the same. 
it should never, ever, ever be a surprise because at least quarterly you should be checking in with your accountant or your money because there are things you can do, especially as a W-2 employee, to adjust withholding as long as you have pay at the end of the year. There's lots of things you can do at the end of the year to eliminate penalties, which, I mean, it's one thing you have to pay taxes. You do not want to pay penalties. I mean, that's just money you don't need to spend. Mm -hmm. and, and it's really, really easy to fix. Part of the challenge, though, is, and I will tell you, the Form W-4 that you use to tell your employer how much to take out is probably the most confusing form, misunderstood form, I think, that's out there. Because I had someone tell me, they're like, well, my, my employer didn't take out the right amount. Well, your employer took out exactly what you told them to take out. That form is literally just to tell your, you're telling them, you don't understand what you're telling them, but you're telling them what to take out. And what you put on that form has nothing to do with what's on the tax return. It's just a method of telling your employer how much you want taken out so that they, you can't come back to them and go, hey, you didn't take out enough and I got a penalty. They're like, that's what you told me to take out. Exactly. Right. But HR professionals are not tax professionals. So then, you know, they're like here and they don't have anyone to help them. So then, you know, if you have multiple sources of income or you have investment, income, there's a lot of moving pieces. I just think to pay an accountant to talk you through it and to help you adjust it will save you more in time and stress than whatever you pay them to do that. Um, and I do that with a lot of clients in the fourth quarter. I mean, I do that with my own pay. It just, it's so much easier. And on top of that, if you work with someone, you know how much of your money is yours to spend on the holidays and how much is not yours to spend on the holidays. So exactly. you don't catch yourself in a bad situation. All of a sudden, you know, you get to the first quarter, you're like, okay, all my holiday bills are coming and I have this big tax bill. Like that's really stressful. It is. And that's, so that's some of what we were talking about in our, in our pre-recording and, and what made me say, we, we have to start this recording because we're talking about some great stuff. And it's that idea of, you know, why are we so afraid to talk about money or to think about it? What is that? What is that stigma? What is that taboo about around money? Isn't that crazy? Like it is, it's like, you can't talk about it. You can't, you know, get help on it. You're just supposed to know it. Well, we're not taught it. So, you know, I think that as a society, if we start talking about it, I talk about it all the time. I share about it. And you need to find financial advisors and accountants that are not judgmental. I mean, I tell people all the time, look, I've worked with corporate executives of major corporations. They are CEOs. They can run the whole thing. They have no clue about their taxes and personal finance. They haven't been taught it. So I'm like, okay, let's learn, you know, and you need someone that's not going to make you feel silly because you didn't know. And the best thing you can do for yourself is go get someone. I, I'm a relationship educational type accountant. I'm a transactional accountant. The tax return is the least important part of what I do. I mean, I love the teaching part of it. I sit down and we talk and we find out what's going on. And, and people, that's what they're paying for is the ability to have me on speed dial and be like, hey, I have a question about this. And it's like anything and everything about money. Like, I kid you not, someone calls me every day of the year, every day. And it's like, isn't that worth it to you? Because if we start talking about it and we, if we learn, then we can teach our kids about it. And then it's not a stigma and they won't end up in a bad situation because they didn't know and you didn't know and 
you know, we just, we really have to talk about it. It's the same thing though, like you and I were talking about, like, you know, there's a stigma. If you're sick from here down, it's fine. If you're sick from here up, it's a stigma, right? Well, your employer subsidizes your health insurance because that actually helps them. The healthier you are, the better you are at work and the less they're gonna pay out in health insurance. Well, um, money stress causes havoc on your body. Let's just be real. Like, it's really stressful or it could be your relationship. So having that as something perhaps employers, I would love to see employers offer financial wellness benefits. So whether they, um, so like when I was working with these corporate executives, companies would hire us to do taxes and financial planning for the like C-level executives. Well, that should be for everybody. The people at the bottom need it more than anybody else. And I mean, what a great benefit that really is not going to cost employers all that much, have someone come in and do taxes for everybody. They're going to be more focused at work if their taxes are taken care of and their withholdings adjusted properly and they know how much that take-home pay is actually theirs or someone helps them with a budget or explains these numbers on the W-2 or explains the benefits that the company offers. I bet half the employees don't even understand the value of what the company's offering and they're great benefits. Imagine, so taking that to a whole other level. So imagine that because one of the reasons why we connected all this is our company, the Shoulder Group, our belief is, you know, a happier employee is a more productive mm-hmm. employee. And so that's why our motto is when people thrive, companies thrive. And as you mentioned, employers offer, uh, you know, medical benefits, hopefully including mental health benefits. And so there's that mental wellness piece. And then what about money wellness or wealth wellness that that can all be as, as part of a package? I know, you know, we, we, most of us did not get that financial education or whatever. Well, we, we did get a financial education. It just may not have been very helpful. You know, I can remember exactly. my mother writing checks like paying <laughs> the bills and going, I don't know how we're going to have enough money for groceries this week. That was my financial education, yeah. right? So where do you learn that? And so it's, it's incumbent upon each of us to figure that out. So where do we figure it out? Well, we might read a book or take a class, but where, how do we find those books? How do we find those classes? What if... And this is my vision for our company in the hopefully not too far future is to create something called Thrive University, where employers have this suite of classes. You know, think of it like, you know, you have your community, um, your community center and you've got their list of classes and you can take origami or you can take sign language or whatever. But to have all these different classes that the employees could take. And that they are actually given time to take. And I see this as part of that. Um, you're talking about how you, you answer a question almost every day. And it's like, you know, we have mental health therapists. You know, what if you, you know, you're, you're almost like a money health therapist. You know? Oh, I'm a financial therapist. Trust me. <laughs> I love that. So say more, say more about that and about how, how important it is to really educate, uh, educate people about finances and then how that actually alleviates one of the top stresses in lives and relationships. Well, and that's exactly it. It's funny, one of my prior business ideas was to do premarital financial counseling. I think it's so interesting that, you know, we talk about religion or kids or whatever, but 
if you can't talk about money with your potential spouse, that relationship is not going to work. I mean, think about it, especially as people are getting married older, they're kind of established, they know what's going on, they're used to it, and they're getting married very quickly, and they're having children much more quickly. Well, okay, I can speak from experience, life is very different when you have children and a spouse than when you are single. Uh, And, you know, and you just don't know what's going to happen with the children. So maybe you have to stay home. Maybe, I mean, you don't know. So if you can't have a discussion about how you spend money, what's your credit score, what's your level of debt, that marriage not going to last, right? It's just not going to last. And I even went to like some churches. I'm like, look, I'll give back 10% if you make this part of what you want, because I want marriages to last. It's so stressful if your relationship, that impacts not only your work, but everything in your life right? Everything. It's, I mean, not now, not as much because unfortunately everything's virtual, but when people sit in my office, they have to sit here while I'm doing work. You wouldn't even want to know what I hear. I mean, I hear it all. I hear it all. And what the, I think the best gift of my job is, you know, I live in downtown Chicago and I am surrounded by a lot of wealth. So I see people with very fancy cars, with these huge mansions, these kids go to these private schools and you're thinking, oh man, they got it made, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm living in a townhouse and I have one car and okay. I see behind the facade of everyone's return. So I see the number on the tax return. So yes, they have a big income, but they have zero investment income. So no savings. They have the biggest mortgage you've ever seen. They're paying the nanny $70,000 a year. So do you think they're ever seeing their spouse or their family? Mm-hmm. I mean, and they have student loan of a quarter million dollars. And a lot of them are getting divorced. I mean, like I see it all. I see it's, it's not worth it, right? But they don't have that knowledge. I mean, I, I said to someone who was a, um, a law partner, I said, look, the goal is not to work investment incomes tax much lower than earned income. My goal is I just want to do enough tax plans to like keep me, you know, engaged and enjoying it. I want to do this teaching, but like, I want to live off my investments. I don't want to have to work. I want to work because I want to work. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, no one ever told me that. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's just so sad. Right. It just, it's, that's why I think people call me. I get on the phone, especially now. I mean, a five minute question, it's 45 minutes every time. They're like, blah, 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 with my money and this. And I, my favorite is I had someone, she's a, a realtor. And she says to me, um, you know, I feel like I'm spending too much. I said, what's your biggest expense? She goes, well, I have my, my ad on like a couple of bus benches, you know, here in the city, right? This whole big thing with her face on there. And I said, how much does that cost? And she's like, well, I think $4,000 a bench. And I'm like, I said, um, why are you doing that? She said, well, it makes me feel good. And I said, um, are those the kind of clients you want that are going to pick a, a realtor off of a bench? <laughs> and, and she just needed me to reassure her that, you know, I said, you're better off like getting educated and using that money for a business coach, you know? And she was like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. Thank you. I just need someone to like say it to me. And I mean, I say for $8,000. I mean, she could invest half of that in a business coach and probably triple her business. And she would, you know, so it's really not all about taxes that I talk about. It's just kind of life and through my own life experiences, sharing what I've learned from working with people at all different income levels. And I'd be like, it's, there's no comparison. It's just you against what you want. 
And a lot of people don't want to be working for the man forever, but they don't know how to change that. It's so interesting, all of these pieces. And I don't know if I had shared with you this before, or I don't even know if I've shared with my listeners before. So my husband, Mark, and I, who are both you know business partners and life partners, every morning, we've been doing this for years, we read some book on financial abundance or um, money or investing or mindset every day, um, almost without fail. There are very few exceptions. And, and so that's where we are really, we're, it's forcing us to have these discussions uh, about, well, what's important and what are our financial goals? Where do we want to, you know, yes, how much, how long do we want to work and what are we working for and, and how much should we spend on this? And, you know, we were users of YNAB, you need a budget um, just for Uh, personal finances. And, you know, their one of their mottos is every dollar has a job. So it's like, so that means if the, the dollar does this job, it can't do this other job. So what's what is important? What are our priorities? And and those are good conversations to have because in any relationship, mm-hmm. this one is personal and business, but think business partners, their goals, their priorities may be different. And so if you don't mm-hmm. talk about that. Um, you know, I want to grow the business this way, or I think we should put money away for a rainy day fund. Those are two very different approaches. And so just having those conversations, not being afraid of them, you, Lisa, give people that safe space in order to learn more. And I think it's really helpful for people to know and understand that it's not that everybody out there knows more than they do. And they're just the only ones that feel ignorant when it comes to money and money management. It's like you're saying, you've got, you know, CEOs of multi-million dollar yes. companies and you know, their taxes. <laughs> they have no clue. Yes. Right. They have, the only difference is they have so much money that if they waste some, it's not as painful. That's the only difference. Do you know what I mean? For the rest of us, it's like, Oh, I really felt that. Oh, that was not a good choice. And, and even when you make a mistake, sometimes you don't even know what you would do differently. You just know that didn't work. Well, what can I try? You know, it's kind of like with mental health stuff. It's like, you need a toolbox of like, okay, I noticed that I'm doing this. Okay, let's try this tool. Did this budgeting technique work? No. Okay, let's try this budgeting technique or let's try this record keeping method. I, it's very much like therapy. It's, you know, the same kind of emo. It's very emotional very emotional. There, there you go. That, that is definitely the key. And going back to that toolbox, just like with mental health, different situations, you need different tools. So my going down into the meditation room may not be what is helpful for me each and every time I'm either feeling stressed or anxious. Um, I may need more involved methods. If there's something particularly stressful going on, maybe tapping like we were talking about or cognitive therapy, whatever it might be. Um, same thing with the financial, that there are times where you need to think back old budgeting and goals. And then there's the, how do we track our income? Um, I, Mark always wants to have cash in his pocket. And I hate that because, well, then you spend it and you don't know what you spend it on and yeah. we can't yes. track it. 
we can't yes. categorize it. Like, no. <laughs> yes, you're a woman after my own heart. We actually even got our high schoolers each have a um, high school checking account with a debit card because it drove me crazy to give them cash. And I had no idea what they're spending it on. They were losing half the change. Like, this is so nice. It's like, I know exactly what they're spending. I can transfer money over. They're responsible for going. It's just so, you know, I'm teaching them good habits. It just, there's, I like to know they don't take American Express. And it really eases our stress because we know as long as the bill is between X and X, I don't even care what it's spent on. Like it really doesn't matter because I know my average monthly bill is X. If it's more, it's because I know I paid for summer camp or I paid for whatever. If it's more than that, you're like, okay, we need to take a look. <laughs> it's, it's, it, you don't have to look at every line item. You know what I mean? And even when I do budgeting with people, I'm like, Okay, yes, I think it's good to see everything because like the spreadsheet that I was telling you about um, with the with the regular and the um, pandemic, um, yeah, it lists everything, but you know where you overspend. I mean, let's just be real, like, you know. And one of the things that we have in our budget is we have $5,000 of miscellaneous other in every single year's budget. Because here's the thing, your furnace is gonna break or your car is gonna have something or it, it, it's gonna happen, right? And it sucks to pay for it, but at least you know you have the money allocated. That's a big difference in how you react to that. I'm like, okay, totally sucks, but at least I have it in there. And I've used up half my 5,000. Every year we maxed out. I kid you not, I don't know what comes up, but you know, running a household's expensive. Kids get sick or something. I mean, who knows? And it really, it's almost $5,000 a year, probably something comes up, you know, and whatever your income is, you can make it work for you. But I love that line in there because it really has eased our stress. We're able to sleep so much better at night, just knowing that stuff, life happens. Exactly. So I want to go back to that idea, at least, you know, kind of circle around to that idea of from an employer's point of view, imagine if you offered some sort of benefit so that your employees could could get this education, could get this help. And you could do you could do it at any degree, you know, a small degree of here are these resources to a larger degree. Like Lisa, you were talking about, you know, what if a company brought in a CPA and accountant to do everybody's taxes or to offer that as a service, as a service. So imagine that. If, if an employer offers that and your employees can be even just a tad bit less stressed, right. then let's make that leap to what does that mean toward them being more productive employees? It's a direct correlation. Correct. And then you talk about loyalty. We have dozens, probably upon hundreds of statistics we throw out about employee engagement and why people stay in a job and why people leave a job. Something like 65% of, of people voluntarily leave their position because of their manager. That's not because of the money, right? Um, and so a, a lot of engagement has to do with these personal relationships, mm -hmm. professional development. And I think personal development is part of that too. Those people who feel like their companies invest in them are more loyal and likely to stay, be more productive. And um, so you don't have as much employee turnover. So to me, it just, it's so logical and it makes so much right? sense. I know. And I've said this to several people that work in HR lately. They're like, 
I've never thought about that. That's such a good idea. And I'm like, you know, it's kind of like the premarital financial counseling. It's like, why don't we make it like before you can get a marriage license, you have to have a conversation about money. It, it should be a no brainer. And for employers, I mean, you talked about it, the cost of, of letting someone go and then onboarding someone new and even recruiting them is really expensive in time and money and productivity for the rest of the people that are picking up the slack for that person that, you know, is doing that. Oh my gosh, this, this isn't even going to cost you a, a fraction of that. And people really appreciate it. I mean, I have several clients whose employers, their small employers pay for all their health insurance. They have stayed many years, even without a raise, because the value of that benefit is so worth it. I mean, you know, what's a completely paid PPO plan? That's worth a lot. Where are you going to get that? So even if you switch jobs, you're going to have to make X amount more to come to the same place with not even the same, it might not even be the same level of care and you might have to travel longer and then you start at the bottom. I mean, like, these are things that are, don't cost a lot that really are valued more than I think employers realize. I think the employers never thought about it before. You know, it's just, here are the benefits we offer. And I mean, have someone come in and explain how W-4s work. Exactly, exactly. So for you innovative, you know, CEOs, executives, presidents and owners, upper management, you know, if you want to take Lisa and I up on this, this idea of offering this professional and personal development in, in different areas to your employees. And especially as far as Lisa's concerned, that, that finance, money, wealth, budgeting, understand your taxes, all of that, you know, reach out. So Lisa, tell people where they can find you. So I have two sites right now. I'm trying to merge them together. So my tax site is just my name, lisanicer.com. Um, and I do taxes and uh, really tax planning, a lot of education. And then I just started a brand new arm of my business, with, which is the education part, which I'm just really passionate about. And it's called Taking on Taxes Together. So you are not on your own when it comes to taxes. There are lots of people that want to take it on with you. Um, you just have to reach out. And the first class that I put together is for new business owners. So, um, you know, if you've started your own business or if you've pivoted because of the pandemic, there are things you need to understand um, so that you can have a successful business. You really have to look through your business all the time. Um, and so I am offering a webinar on that and the opportunity to uh, purchase a con consultation. I can do that for corporations. You know, if, if they're bring on independent consultants, I can definitely do that. I said, I think that would be wonderful for any kind of corporation that, that um, engages independent consultants, you know, like for insurance and those kind of places, when you bring them on, provide this as a benefit to them. I'm not just bringing you on to make money for me. I want you to build a successful business. Here's one of the tools that you need to do this. I'm committed to helping you with this. It's a great benefit for very low cost. It differentiates you from other firms, right? And so that's one. I'm going to add some other ones in. Um, and I do have a class even on tax basics that I've done for people of just, you know, how do taxes work? What are the forms you have to look for? What are the filing statuses? And my goal with all this is I do not expect people to be accountants. I want them to have the knowledge to go, hey, Don, you know what? Someone was talking about this. Do, do I qualify for that? You know, enough to to just ask questions and be curious. And if you're not sure, 
ask somebody, ask your account. What's the worst they say is, mm, no, you don't qualify for that. At least you asked. I mean, there's so many changes in the tax law, especially with this year with the CARES Act. I mean, it's going to take a lot to get it right for people next year. And, and you definitely want someone that's focused on that. Yeah, I don't envy um, you and your colleagues uh, during tax time for next year. <laughs> no, I don't like tax season. It's too too stressed and too short of a time. I like to have time to talk to my clients and teach them and tax season just doesn't permit that. Absolutely. So for our listeners, remember to check out Lisa at takingontaxestogether.com. Um, or her other site, lisanicer.com. And that's N-I-S-E-R uh, for, for those of you that, that hear how nice she is. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed this. Thank you, me too. I always love talking with people that are passionate about uh, empowering others, especially when it comes to money. We need to be talking about this all the time. Absolutely. It's part of thriving. And so for everyone out there, until next time, may you thrive.